0: I, I think number one, like you said it really well, is that when you're young, you tend to want to just forget and move on. But your experiences, you know, mold the way you think about your future. So if you just say, "Oh, well, I forget it, you're kind of like living in denial.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Salty Pastor Podcast. This week we're doing something special on the Salty Pastor Podcast. This is the final week of 2023, Mm -hmm. and we are going to look back and review the year. As you may know, this podcast is designed to coach you up in your faith. The more you know, the more you can grow. The importance of growing in your faith is now more critical than ever. We live in a society where there is no longer a unifying belief system that binds people together. There's no sense of moral clarity, no sense that there's defining qualities of what it means to be an American citizen. Based on this, how does a follower of Christ navigate such an environment? How do you know who you are and where you are going? The only way to navigate a world like that is to know what you believe and why you believe it. Our goal is to give you the tools, the facts, and the perspective to think for yourself. Our goal this week is to look back over the last year and see how we did. We want to remember the successes and failures and the wins and losses. So here is the Salty Pastor himself, Dr. Douglas Peak.
0: Hey, everybody. It's so good to be with you. I hope you had a great Christmas yesterday and that you just had a day of joy and celebration. I hope you didn't eat too much. I hope that the kids were happy, the grandkids were blessed, and... If you're single, then I hope that you were with people that love you and loved and if nothing else always remember the birth of Christ says that God loves you more than you could ever imagine. So, Jesse, tell me, did you have a good Christmas yesterday?
1: I did. It was wonderful. It was my first Christmas with my wife and we really Woo-hoo, enjoyed it. So.
0: First Christmas. Yes. Did you guys wear matching pajamas?
1: We did not. <laughs> But we do have, like, five first Christmas uh, ornaments on our tree this year.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
1: Everyone had a really great idea to give us one, and so we just loaded up the tree with them, and it's sweet. really great and sweet. So
0: is is was it just a real, you know, easy day, or did you have a whole bunch of places you had to go, no, people pretty, to
1: see? pretty easy. We just relaxed most of it, and we went and stopped off one place,
0: and that was about it. Awesome. Well... I'll tell you, we had a great Christmas. You know, the family, not, not all, my kids are, my older kids that are married um, are away this year, right, with their in laws. Yeah. And so it was a little less, but, you know, we've had a bunch of Kim's families moved up here to Idaho. And so we got to see them, and that was a lot of fun. And her parents were over. So mm. those were all good times. But now here we are, you know, Christmas, you know, you get so wound up for Christmas, and then boom, it's here. And then suddenly it's okay. We got a few days to, to wrap everything up <laughs> right get yep. your taxes in order and do everything you need to do i mean
1: i think you got a little bit longer on your taxes but yeah
0: <laughs> well you got to close the year out you, you do know? have to close the year Yeah, out. I mean, all those business owners and people that have gotten disbursements man It's just like oh my goodness i gotta my accountant says you gotta get that ira funded and this pension thing done and you got to give your gifts you got to do. It it gets a little crazy that last week. So we're glad that you're all here. We have had a year of Salty Pastor, another year gone by. How many years Mm. is this now?
1: We are on our, we're over three years. Yeah. Wow. Three
0: years of the Salty Pastor. That's pretty impressive. What a year that has been. Mm.
1: Yeah. We wanted to kind of use this time to go back and reflect. Um, on the year because, I mean, most podcasts, TV shows, radio programs, they all kind of do a recap of the year, like some of the highlights, what they, um, some of the most memorable things, and so we wanted to do that as well. We thought it might be good for us to kind of go back and reflect on the wins and maybe some of the not-so-great things <laughs> that happened throughout the year.
0: Well, you know, I think all of those programs and all those businesses and companies that do that stole the idea from the scriptures mm. because, you know, the Bible, often talks about encourages us as the people of God, followers of Jesus, to look back and see where we currently, uh, you know, look back and see where we've come from, see where we currently are, and then kind of, oh, wow, we've come a long way, much further than we thought. And more than likely, it allows us to acknowledge this is what God has done. And so you see this in the Old Testament, see it in the New Testament. In Proverbs 26, 2, it says, examine me, Lord, and put me to the test. Refine my heart and my mind. So when we look back and examine what has happened over the last year, it helps refine our minds and hearts, right? It sharpens them. In Proverbs uh, 21, 2, it says, every person's way is right in his own eyes, but the Lord examines your heart. So the other thing to do when you examine yourself over the past year and how far you've come, it allows you to be more honest with yourself, Mm. you know, because you can look at the past. 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 13, verse 5 is a really great verse. It says, test yourselves to see if you're in the faith. Examine yourselves. Do not recognize this about yourself that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you fail the test. But I expect you will realize that we ourselves do not fail the test. So examining ourselves is important. And the way you do that is you look back in your past over a time period and you evaluate, you put yourself to the test. How did I do? And you don't have to share that with anybody. Maybe you just share it with yourself or you share it with the Lord. But look back and examine yourself, test yourself, see how you stood up in various situations. This is really critical to growing strong. That's how we grow strong in our faith. So, everyone, I would just really encourage you to take a moment of reflection this week or, and to look back and examine yourself. Did you meet any of your spiritual goals that you set at the beginning of the year? If, you're not, if you don't remember, uh, uh, Harvin Steve started the very first message uh, of 2023— challenging us about why our lives aren't growing the way we want them to grow and basically mm. setting some spiritual goals. Did you achieve any of those spiritual goals? I, I certainly hope that you did. And if not, test yourself and say, wow, how could I do better again next year? When you look back and examine yourself, you also can say, uh, well, I would say it allows you to be more honest. You know, it opens you up to new ways that maybe you could grow. It, it allows you to chart a new direction, or make an adjustment. So examining yourself, I think, is a big deal. Uh, It allows you to grow strong because you can be more honest with yourself.
1: Yeah, I think when you're young um, and immature, you, you just want to kind of forget the past and move on. You just <laughs> kind of blow past it and you're like, no, you ghost that was last it. year whatever. Next, <laughs> next thing, right? Yep, yep. But as you mature um, and, and you get some more experience, you want to try and learn from your successes and failures. You want to go, well, I don't want to do that again, or I do want yeah. to do that again. How yeah. did I do that? And yeah. How, yeah, do we, an how do we point. move forward with that? So why is the willingness to examine yourself associated with maturity?
0: Well, I I think, number one, like you said it really well, is that when you're young, you tend to want to just forget and move on. But your experiences, you know, mold the way you think about your future. So if you just say, oh, I forget it, you're kind of like living in denial of who Mm. you really are. So that's really important to be honest with yourself and examine yourself, because I think that it is – what it does is it gives you new perspective, right? Yes. If you just forget, there's nothing to be learned. If you examine and evaluate, it gives you a new perspective. Satan uses society to manipulate us by relying on our short memories, right? Mm. If something bad happens, there's a downturn in our lives or even a tragedy, we, we retain the feelings of that situation, you know, but oftentimes we just want to forget about it and move on. And this of course is why people struggle with anxiety. And this is the concept of called being triggered Mm. and that is something happens today that causes this emotional response and you don't know why, right? Well, if you haven't examined yourself and looked back at your past experiences, some of those experiences need to be healed or restored or redeemed or whatever. Then what happens is you forget the experience, but you, your body remembers the feelings and emotions. And then so new things can trigger that. Satan uses that to do what? Manipulate you in various situations. When you examine yourself, when you look back and see all the good and the bad in the most objective way as possible, what has happened? We often discover things that Satan used for evil. He used it for bad Mm. and something bad happened to us, but God ended up redeeming it for a greater purpose. So examination is all about perspective, right? It allows you to say, even though this bad thing really happened, look at how far I've come from it, right? And that's called perspective. Uh, I was reading a recent, um, uh, study of people who've all had, you know, horrible tragedies in their lives, you know, Mm -hmm. loss of a spouse, a loved one, a loss of this, a loss of that. And they were talking about, they were asking them about how did you process it? How did you heal from it? How did you process grief? How did you do this? How did you do that? Blah, 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 blah. Whether it was, they were diagnosed with cancer, they lost somebody close to them. There was a car wreck, active violence, whatever it may be. And what was interesting is the psychologists were really shocked because the last question they asked them was, well, if you could go back and change that, would you? Would, would Excuse me. If you could go back and change that, would you? Mm. And over 85% of them said, no, I wouldn't. So isn't that interesting? Bad things happen. Tragic things happen. Satan uses that to try to destroy us as people. But people, in some ways, you know are very resilient and we grow and we bounce back and even the worst things God can redeem. And when you finally look back, 85% of those people are going, yeah, I wouldn't change it because I wouldn't be the person I am today now. Right. Without it. So that that's, that's called perspective. Right. And when you have that perspective, it tends to help you look at what's happening to you today and what's happening to you tomorrow differently. Right. It's almost like bad things happen and you're like, well, it's not that bad, you know. Uh, did I ever tell you about the uh, the situation with the sailors in World War II? No. One of the one of the things in World War II in the Navy is there was a lot of sailors, right? And so they were out there fighting, and sometimes their destroyer or their ship or whatever that was on transport ship would be uh, sunk, right? And so all these sailors would be in the ocean, right. and it would take days days for a rescue ship to get out there to find them and rescue them, right? And so the Navy was like, well, we want the youngest, hardiest kids we can get as sailors. So, you know, now some guys, you know, misrepresented their age, but a lot of them, 17, 18, 19-year-olds joined up for the Navy because of the attack on Pearl Harbor and would to fight for their country. And this was really interesting, though, is that when a ship, they found is that when a ship got sunk, right? And the sailors were in the water for days on end. What they found when they showed up is that the people who had survived the most were all the old salty sailors. Because what happened is they found is that those sailors that were older had been through so many difficulties before. They're out in the ocean and they were like, well, you know, this too shall pass. They'll get to us eventually. But all the real young sailors would give up and drown Mm. because they'd never been through those types of hardships before. And so in a way, perspective does that. It gives you a resiliency. It gives you a perseverance. It gives you a strength. But if you don't ever take a moment to look back and examine and evaluate where you've come from, guess what? You rob yourself of the benefit of that resiliency, that perseverance, that grit that comes from realizing, wow, God's taken care of me and brought me through even this really difficult thing that happened in my past.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think we see this in so many different areas. A lot of, um, support groups are ran by people who have previously gone through those things. Right. Mm -hmm. And they have a new outlook on life. They pursue life in a new way because they have gone through that and they're fighting that. Right. And I mean, even going, um, to addictions and things of that nature, those people that have fought back through addictions (laughs) and stuff, they have a willpower that's much stronger than most people when it comes to a lot of disciplines in their life. Isn't that interesting? And so it's like, there's all kinds of different areas where once you've gone through something, you're able to one, better relate to other people and, and, and. Uh, coach them on how to further make it through so that's again another perspective of you're now able to help someone else who maybe wouldn't have been able to get through it by themselves right and that's Mm -hmm. that's super important to understand that sometimes that perspective is what it is right yeah experience is a great teacher yes and it allows you to help others with that experience Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. then the other thing too is like i mean the way you perceive any act will really transform the way you you look at it because i mean mm. you could stop at jesus died yeah right yeah that's the easiest thing to do is well he died but if you go well he died for my sins and he came back that's a different perspective right yeah. like yeah. and so you have to you it's have, more a fuller picture yeah it's a fuller <laughs> picture and so you gotta and sometimes that fuller picture takes three days and sometimes it takes three years or 30 years yeah. before you really see that and i think that's really important and that's that patience, like you said, old salty dogs are more willing to wait for that Mm, outcome to mm -hmm. see that before they make a judgment about Mm -hmm. how it was. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, that, that perspective is a major part of that maturity, but how does examining ourselves, you know, where we are, how far we've come, admitting our mistakes and honoring successes, influence our relationship with Jesus? How, how do those interact?
0: Well, I, you know, here, here's an interesting take, and, you know, I'd want people to think about this, and that is when we see the hand of Jesus at work, uh, it allows us then to give him the glory for what he has done. Mm. We can say, God, we, we give you the glory, we praise your name, which leads us to a very important question. Does God need our praise, or do we need to praise God? I'm in the school of thought that says, well, if God is eternal, he's pre-existent, right, of time and space. There was a very, very, if I can say it this way, long time (laughs) before the earth was created and there were people on it. And during that period of time, God did not need our praise, right? right? He was not incomplete, insufficient, weak, or anything because we weren't, in existence, praising Him. God doesn't need, and I want to focus on that word need, our praise. Okay. The question then becomes is, so why are we to praise God? Mm. And I think the reason why is because we need it. And we need it because when we praise God, you know, the impact of praising God has a incredible effect on us as human beings, right? Right. It shows us, it, I get, well, let me phrase it this way. It uh, orients us properly with our place in the universe. It orients us properly in relationship to God who created us. It orients, orients us properly in how we interact with everybody around us, and it orients us properly in how we deal with trauma and evil in our lives, whether it comes from our own heart and we do it, or we're the victim of somebody else who does it to us. And so that to me is a really big deal, is we we want to be able to to praise God for the purpose of orienting us properly in this universe, psychologically, emotionally, intellectually, and spiritually. And if if we if we don't examine ourselves, how can we ever praise God? How can we ever have the capacity to honestly say, right? It's not, you can't. Praising God can't be a ceremonial emotion or a ceremonial process, right? It has to be a heartfelt, has mm. to be heartfelt. And so the way you praise God to receive the benefit of praising God is by examining yourself to see his activity in your life and how he has worked through you. So that's why examining is such a big deal to me. Yeah, I think
1: I read a book um, that was really influential in how I view worship, and it was a similar thing. It was God doesn't need your worship. Right. But what worship allows you to do is understand where your place is in the universe, Mm -hmm. what he's done. And there's a reason why we're called to worship him when things are good, and we're called to worship him when things are bad. bad. We're called to worship at all times. Whether you like the musical styling or not, (laughs) we are called to worship, right? Yes. And I think that's where we've gotten is, well, I only want to, you know, give God gratitude when I need something from him or when things are really good. Yes. Those are the times that I want, I feel like worshiping, right? Yes. We've gone to this feel based thing of, well, I will give God praise or I will worship him or I'll reflect when I feel like it. And it's like, no, mm-hmm. that's not the point of it. He doesn't need you to do it. The question is, do you want to really experience the authenticity of a relationship with him? Yeah. And part of that is you do it when you feel good. You do it when you feel bad. You do it at all times because mm-hmm. he is worthy. He deserves mm-hmm. it. And it helps you understand where you fit in the world, which can give Mm -hmm. you confidence, power, emotion, and understanding and perspective. And I think that's so insightful. Yeah, I agree. So in this process, I guess, you know, I'm going to be a little uh, sarcastic, but (laughs) should you just go through and... And list out every mistake you've ever made. Is that the point of, of reflecting on the year? You're just focusing on all the things you screwed up on. Like, is that what we're doing?
0: Oh, I'm such a failure. Well, the goal is to be a bit objective and honest. If, if one of the things that interferes with our ability to be objective and honest about ourselves is our own self-perception, mm. right? So if you have a very negative self-perception, then what you're going to do is go back and you're going to list out all your failures and mistakes. And you're going to say, well, that's who I am, uh, which, of course, is... Silly, mm-hmm. you know. I, I think being able to get up and clothe yourself and work a job is, you know, a righteous reason for success. Right, <laughs> you know, to be a productive human being. Um, so, but if you have a negative perception, you tend to be drawn to your your failures or your mistakes. But the problem is that that just reinforces your negative perception of yourself. And this may sound strange and, and mildly salty. But negative people are very self-centered people. Mm. people Want to neg- really explain that <laughs> statement? <laughs> people who have a very negative self-perception are very self-centered people. Because when you think about self-centered, we use that as a pejorative, right? We say, oh, that person's so self-centered, you know? But what we don't realize is that self-centeredness means that a lot of your mental activity focuses around you. And so what happens is a negative self-perception is like a black hole, right? All the gravity of it sucks everything into it. And so even your, so you can't even have a positive, you know, perception of yourself because it's sucked into the negativity. Mm. So that, that's, what's really fascinating, uh, that, that self-centered people are people who think about themselves most of the time. And that, that of course is also prideful. And we, we don't see it at that as that, but in reality that is what it is. When when you when you start to examine yourself on a regular basis and apply the biblical perception of who you are, you start to gain more objectivity about who you are, right? Mm-hmm. And how you're doing, where you're going. So that's what's really interesting is that when I started examining myself based on a biblical definition of who I am, a biblical perception of who I am. That allowed me to gain a lot more objectivity about not only my faults and where they come from, but also my value. And that is really important for people to understand, is that examining yourself with a broken stethoscope or a broken microscope or a broken x-ray machine is worthless because all it does is show broken when you examine yourself with the right tools the righteous tools the righteous lens of who god says you are you're you become much more objective and that is a place of maturity and strength you know uh, a mature examination, an objective examination, can acknowledge mistakes and failures and successes side by side, right? And that's really important because when you get to that point in your faith, this is something I want to really uh, uh, clarify. When you get to that point in your faith, that's maturity because when you're at that point, your value is not wrapped up and always being right? So when you're with people and they go, "Well, I don't think you're right about that," it's easy to say, "Oh, okay, yeah, I stand corrected. No big deal." And you move. It doesn't. It doesn't affect you in any way, shape, or form. Now, if you have a negative perception of yourself, right, and you are wrapped up in in being well perceived by other people, and if you say something that might be wrong or somebody disagrees with, and then you go back to that whole thing, is that I I don't examine myself so. Uh, I know that every time I'm rejected, I have these really negative emotions of shame or whatever. They they overtake me, and then I start thinking all these things about what a loser I am. Well, all of that is a result of not examining yourself with a clear or righteous lens. Mm. And so that's why I think examination has such great value for the mature Christian, because then you can it's easy to say, well, yeah, you know, I, I lost this game. I made that mistake or I did this, but that doesn't affect my salvation or how much God loves me or anything. He's just, this is an opportunity for me to try to do a little bit better in that regard, and so I think that's that's why it is such a big deal to examine ourselves and become mature at it, because it's directly related to our capacity to be objective in evaluating ourselves, and it doesn't feed negative perceptions of ourselves or overly positive, right, uh, perceptions of ourselves. But most importantly, it takes away Satan's power to use any of those things against us.
1: Absolutely. Well, why don't we take some time to examine some of our endeavors here on The Salty <laughs> Pastor over the last year concerning our study of the Bible specifically. So mm-hmm. uh, very focused on like our Tuesday episodes, basically. Yeah. Um, so uh, one of our stats, we've done 52 30-minute episodes on a passage from the Bible, are basically 26 hours of Bible study this year. Yeah. And in those 26 hours of study, we covered over a 1,000 verses in the Bible. Uh, some of the highlights being we did the entire book of Philippians. We did 18 parables um, of Jesus from the gospel. We did a majority of the book of Ephesians, a majority of the book of Colossians, All the statements of Jesus in the four Gospels dealing with the kingdom uh, Jesus brought when he was born, and then uh, a majority of the Old Testament prophecies concerning the birth of the Messiah, which is, that's 26 hours of Bible study.
0: Yeah, well, that's been a lot of Bible study over the last year. So one of my goals, I think, is to get people into the Bible, get them hearing it, thinking about it, reading it, learning it, and then how to apply it, because... One of the first verses I memorized in college was all scriptures inspired by God, and it's beneficial uh, for teaching, for rebuke, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man, and it's inclusive there, woman, of God may be fully equipped for every good deed. You know the Bible is an incredible book. It's not a recipe book on how to cook tetrazzini. It's not a fictional novel that you read in the summertime while you're working on your tan <laughs> uh, or sitting at the lake, you know, in an Adirondack chair roasting marshmallows. It's not a mystery novel, you know, it's not a puzzle piece. It's not a it's not a seminal piece of literature that is molding the shape, you know, it it uh, of the direction of Uh, human history for the last 2,000 years. It is the seminal piece of literature Mm. that has impacted Western civilization. It is the most influential book that has ever been assembled because the Bible is a library of books. However, like any important pieces of literature that have been shaping human history, it takes a little effort to read and understand it, similar to uh, reading the Constitution of the United States, which is undoubtedly the most important document in our nation. It shapes so much of our daily life. But how many people have actually read the Constitution and understand what it says?
1: Not very many.
0: Not very many. In the same way, we need to get into the Bible. When you get into the Bible, you're getting into the very essence of life, your life, and what it was meant to be. So I'm glad we've done 26 hours of Bible study. I think it's awesome.
1: Yeah, and, and we wanted we focused on what the Bible teaches through these studies. Um, one of them being one of the studies was on men. We did a women's study for the first time here on the Salty Pastor. Uh, we did how to deal with guilt, how to be married, how to raise children, how to strengthen your family, how to improve your life. And most importantly, we focused on the nature of the kingdom of Jesus, uh, what it is, how to get into it, what it's like living in it, and what happens to your life when you're fully engaged with it.
0: Yeah, I think when you become a full uh, full and regular listener of the Salty Pastor uh you're going to hear the Bible. You're going to learn about the Bible. You're going to come to a deeper understanding of what the Bible actually says. You know, I think you're going to learn tools and techniques and how to understand it and get the most out of it. You're going to learn the significance of context, both literary context, meaning what was written, the historical context, the philosophical context, the cultural context. Now, when you learn these things, it is so much easier to understand the Bible and how to apply it directly to your life. One of the reasons why the Bible is so significant, we should study it on a regular basis, is because for 2,000 years, it is proven to be the defining instruction manual on how to fall in love, how to stay in love, what does it mean to be married, how to treat your spouse with respect and dignity, how to raise children, uh, what is the best way to do that, what is a strong moral compass that treats everybody with dignity. I mean, this is what the Bible is all about. It's about how to build a society around values that actually work, how to build community instead of creating division and hatred of your fellow man. The Salty Pastor is all about the Bible and helping you to get into it and understand it so that you can experience its wisdom and guidance in your life. I
1: think this is one of the most beneficial aspects of becoming a regular listener of the Salty Pastor. Um, you know for a fact that there are 30 minutes each week where you're going to dig into the Bible on a deeper level, Mm -hmm. um, more than what we can do on a Sunday morning message, right? That's in addition to your Sunday morning message where you're just really digging in. And one of the things that I hear most often from regular Salty Pastor listeners is that the message they listen to on Sunday is so much more impactful because they've been part of the Bible study prior to the message on Sunday. Mm -hmm. They get so much more out of it.
0: Yeah, we certainly cover a lot of biblical texts. In the Salty Pastor, the amount of verses we covered, is astounding to me, you know, just the volume of what we have studied. We always don't get it right, but I know we don't get it wrong. And what Mm -hmm. I mean by that is sometimes I'm not as clear as concise as I would like to be, but we know for a fact that we've never propagated anything from the scriptures that is not an accurate representation of what they're saying. You know, we haven't proof texts. We haven't uh, gone off on tangents and said things that the scriptures didn't mean. I take a lot of care to make sure that we always communicate exactly what the scriptures are teaching. And that, I believe, is why you can trust the Salty Pastor. And it should be a part of the coaching and influence in the growth of your faith.
1: Yeah, and I think this has been a great way to just kind of look back over the year and and understand what the Salty Pastor has meant to us, but also to our listeners and what we've really covered. Because over 365 days, you can kind of forget all the things. Like, we were just going back through the list. You and I were talking through like, what did we cover this year, and it's like, oh, yeah, I forgot we did that. <laughs> yeah, we forgot did, that, we did, did too. that, too. Oh, my goodness. And so I think it's really important, and you have to think about that in your life as well. You have to go back and, and look through your year and go, What did I do really great? What could I improve on? Because those things will help you mature and do better in the next year. And it's not just about, oh, well, I'm just going to work out, go to the gym for a month and then fail on it. Look at every aspect of your life and really think through how can I be a better, more devoted follower of Jesus Mm -hmm. over the course of this next year. Mm -hmm. So thank you guys so much for joining us. And then we will see you on Thursday for our last episode of the 2023 Salty Pastor Year. Oh, my goodness.
0: We'll see you then. Well, happy new year, everyone. (music) Oh, <music>